Welcome to the No Budget Indie Filmcast, where we dip into the independent film universe to highlight those little films that you might not have heard about elsewhere. Will you agree with our panel, or will our panel agree with each other? Tune in to find out. I am Milo Dennison, and with me, as always, is Claire Milan. Hello. And Carl Halvini. Hello. All right, Carl, what's on the agenda this week? Film this week is The Mushroom Club, which is a documentary from 2005 about the bombing of Hiroshima. So obviously the film Oppenheimer is in the cinema now. Uh, and I would recommend this as a companion piece for it. Although I actually haven't seen the film yet, uh, but uh, I've seen this documentary and uh, it is a, you know, it's a very harrowing watch. So it was made by uh, an American filmmaker called Stephen Okazaki. I presume he has some Japanese heritage in there. And he went to Hiroshima in 2005 and he interviewed people who had been alive at the time of the bombing and who survived. Uh, not all the people who survived, survived it well. Uh, after the initial bombing, there would have been maybe, I don't know, the estimates of 70 to 150,000 people were killed. And then there was then thousands of people died or were suffered from radiation, you know, effects of radiation, radiation sickness after the war. Uh, Mushroom Club, which the title refers to, is a, it's, a, it's a sort of an organization that was started by this journalist to, to get help and support from the Japanese government for people who are suffering, had ongoing effects from the, from the, radiation um and I, I i don't know if it's still going i, I presume it is i mean this, this is nearly 20 years ago now and we are coming up to in a couple of years will be 80 years uh and i don't know if people how many people will still be around or if there are it won't be it won't be probably not 20 years again so uh it's 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 important these kind of films are important to get uh real life documentation of experience and considering what's happening in the world today it's a it's a it's it's, it's a an apposite reminder of what it's actually a nuclear war what a nuclear bomb does i mean it's it's weird i think i'm the only one at this point anyway who's seen oppenheimer but it's um, I think there's an absolute renewed interest in this. And I was a bit ignorant. I didn't really know the history. Like I knew there was an atomic bomb in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, but I didn't really know the history. I hadn't heard about Robert Oppenheimer, um, but it it's in the film. You don't really see the aftermath of what happened in Hiroshima or in Nagasaki, you just, it's all focused on Oppenheimer. And I was so curious after we'd seen the film uh, and it's so harrowing. And this is a great, um, great choice call because I, I just, it gave you kind of an insight into absolute horrific, unbelievable, like devastation <laughs> that this bomb caused. Uh, and I think the only, one of the only buildings left standing is the one just behind me here, the kind of big dome place. And I, I I recently studied Japanese and I just have this love and appreciation for Japanese culture and the language. And um, like my ambition is to hopefully go to go to Japan 
and visit visit Hiroshima um and and you know go to the peace park and see these places um because it's so desperately sad and you see it in the documentary the fact people were vaporized um and and in in when, when they tested the the bomb uh, on, on the american soil that was it wasn't the same exact bomb that was found in hiroshima so it's it, this is a complete experiment as well <laughs> the effect of it the devastation and it, it clearly showed in the documentary um the fact there was one point where um like the, the outline of a human being was on the ground and then the two disabled uh women who are best friends um it's so sad like that there is still like it affected pregnant women and you know people lost their whole families um and you know and it just the whole thing about the Japanese society in the present day the young people are kind of forgetting about it um and these this is from I think 2005 so a lot of these people would maybe would have passed away um so it's desperately sad documentary but really good eye-opener as well to see the effects of this horrific bomb which I think wasn't really necessary after looking up all the history of it it doesn't seem to be necessary like why is this thing necessary you know to cause this amount of destruction um but yeah it's a very very insightful documentary yeah, totally. It's crazy that we've got the Ukrainian-Russian war going on right now, and Russia's like, we might use nuclear weapons. And you're like, you you watch films like this, and you and it's like, you know why you shouldn't do that. And he and how they talk about in this film of like the kids in Japan nowadays are forgetting all about this instead of caring really about this memorial. They're riding around on jet skis and listening to J-pop and stuff. And it's it, 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 and I think no, be experiencing that history and knowing about it really does make a difference in hopefully preventing it from happening. I, I was thinking about the Cuban Missile Crisis in, in between Russia and the U.S. in the in the sixties, and of course Khrushchev and, and um, Kennedy would have been alive at the time that, that that this bomb was dropped, and so they, being in the leading positions of these two countries were really aware of the effects of what happens with an atomic bomb and stuff. And I think part of that helped hopefully contribute to them not actually going to that that next level with the war. And the fact that nowadays people like 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 this said, everybody's dying off, right? So people don't know this experience anymore. And human beings just love to war with one another. And at what point in time is the memory of this going to be so far gone that somebody is going to hit that button and and launch a new, another nuclear weapon and and it, yeah it's it's horrible of the effects not just on the people fighting but like this was dropped on a city two cities of civilians right and kills them kills you know it affects their children and the way the governments that's one thing as well they talk about this in the film is the way the governments treated them afterwards instead of like helping them they're studying them and researching them and the effects of the radiation right so you've got this old guy in the in the documentary who's taking care of his daughter who has the mental capacity of a two-year-old and the guy's like this is in 2005 right so this guy's old and his daughter's quite old and and he's you making a living as a barber and not really getting any help from the government yet in the u.s instead of helping victims of war we just keep 
raising our Pentagon budget and spending more on fighting wars. So it's, yeah, it's, it's really very relevant that people should watch this film in along with Oppenheimer. Like little boy, this little boy in it, and he went down to pick up a rock and he survived and his whole family were wiped out and they had this animation and they showed the effects of it. And that just, it was like, when, when you, when you, you watch the animation and you see like the kind of their skin being literally melted away and then being vaporized, it's so shocking. Um, and uh, like in Oppenheimer, they don't show that, you know, they don't show that side of it. And I just think it's just so it's hard to comprehend. Uh, and the reason why they didn't go into their shelters, I think there was no alarm wasn't sounded because they saw one plane. They saw one plane, so they didn't realize that that one plane would cause so much devastation. Um, but the fact people were vaporized, like it's just it's beyond comprehension. And I it's so mad that how you know the Japanese American relations are I think they're quite good <laughs> now. Um, but there must be like it's unusual that they could forgive the Americans for what they did. Um, just like it's just it's mm-hmm. so unreal. And and you know, your thought goes to your mind, was it necessary? Um, you know. <laughs> You can't. How can you justify it? You can't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I know. Was, Go ahead, Colin. I was going to say, well, like when I was when I was growing up, uh, sort of the, the the threat of nuclear war was a big existential, you know, threat. Um, because it is the idea the nuclear arms race, and uh, that was that was the the big fear. Um, and now you have climate change, and you know. AI and uh, you know various personalities, um, and it's it's sort of been pushed into the background, like but you did um I mean you you talked about uh, Kennedy and uh, Khrushchev, uh, you know having been alive during the war, but there was also we had Chernobyl, uh, in, uh, in the in the nineteen eighties, so we we do know, we do know we have we have a more recent memory of. Of what like radiation can do, um, and uh, even in Ukraine now there is this nuclear power plant, the Zaporizhia, and uh, like there's there's been threats made against that, and they've actually been you know firing bombs at it, uh, and and I think there is, if if this had happened twenty years ago, thirty years ago, there would have been, uh, I think everybody would have been completely you know out of their minds and worry but i think nowadays it's 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 almost like it's, it's just another item on the news like people don't just don't seem to uh give it the uh give it the, the seriousness that it really deserves and and i think uh like there are bombs in, in oppenheimer like uh, it was, was it um they were talking about inventing the hydrogen bomb, which is apparently a thousand times bigger <laughs> than the atomic bomb, and Oppenheimer is very much against it. But there are bombs out there now that could destroy the whole world, and that's frightening, isn't it? It's just frightening, like you know, they could destroy us all. Yeah, multiple times. Yeah, mutually I... assured destruction. So yeah, mutually assured destruction. Exactly what I was going to say, and. Uh... Yeah, the film was very powerful. Uh, like I liked, 
I like the way he did it. Uh, it was it was. He just let the people speak. He let he let the images speak for themselves. He didn't try to Im impose any kind of narrative of his own. He didn't have to, I guess. And uh, that guy you mentioned, he bent down to pick up the stone. Oh, that was that was amazing. Um, like that's way. just unreal. Like to think about that little tiny little. It's amazing he survived. And he he, he is the animator and and yeah. he 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 create he creates these comics and he was saying the film that. People were almost giving out to him for for continuing to go back to it, continuing to talk about it, to write about it, and uh, he he just felt that it was his duty, his moral duty to do so. Have you guys seen that animated cartoon uh movie the the one that they showed clips from? No. Yeah, it, it, it's called Barefoot Jen. I think that's right. Barefoot. I was looking it up. So I have seen it actually a long time ago and it is quite, it is quite depressing the animation and the story is so good. Uh, so I would highly recommend saying, Oh, maybe we should do a, maybe we should add that to one of our, oh. our, uh, no budget yeah, yeah. reviews actually. See if I can find it and see if it's online somewhere. Um, it, it I would highly recommend because you just saw like those little clips in this. Yeah. So imagine an entire movie of that. Like it's really yeah. quite harrowing. And um and uh and you know, it's kind of but we do become desensitized to all this. And I think it's that's why it's so important that we, we still remember these things, you know, and uh and if this is what Oppenheimer has done for people to make them go out and see these parts of history. Um, but apparently someone was saying to me earlier that they don't display the Japanese flag that much because they lost the war. Someone in public or something. There's something like that. Maybe, I don't know if that's true or not, in but they, there are very few Japanese flags around in Japan. Okay. Yeah. 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 It may be like the, the, they're afraid of of nationalism, you know, rising, raising its ugly head again. Uh, mm. So when, when you think about it, like the two countries... Uh, who I think that I think for for a long period after the war, Japan and Germany, they uh, they they took a very neutral stance that they they refused to send troops abroad, for instance, until I think until the Afghan war. So it did it did impress upon the next generation. The horrors of war uh, were were impressed more so on the next generation. Of those two countries, particularly, rather than the victors, uh, showed in documentary the little truck, the trucks going by, didn't they? Kind of propaganda, and they blacked out windows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was yeah. It's it's fa it's 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 fascinating, and scary, <laughs> and mm -hmm. yeah, it makes you think a lot. Um, yeah, like like to go through something like that as a country uh and lose so many people and the devastation um yeah must like it's weird as an Ireland like lucky Ireland we I know we had our own little in 1916 and war of independence but nothing like that it, it'd be very strange like if our grandparents went through it you know it's busy very strange thing for Japanese people yeah and eventually people do forget you know mm. uh it fades from memory and that's why it's important to just keep reminding, reminding people. Mm. All right, let's rate it. Oh, Claire, you want to go first, or you want me to go? Um, you can go actually, because it's a hard one. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, it is a hard one. I I'm I'm impressed with the the filmmaker Stephen Okazaki. Okazaki. He filmed it, directed it, basically did pretty much everything in it. So that's quite impressive. And especially because it's really just quite simple. Like you said, it's just talking to the camera and letting images tell the story. Um, it, I don't think it really taught me anything I didn't already know, but it, that's okay because it's still good to have this refresher as a reminder. Uh, so I'm going to go four stars. Yeah, I, for me, he let the people and the city basically speak for themselves. And uh, I, yeah, it was filmed in 2005. So obviously it looks a little bit dated, um, but it really hit home, especially watching those that little cartoon bit. Um, so I'm going to give it four stars. Okay. Um, well, I think it was... It was very well made, really. Um, you could probably, from a pure technical filmy point of view, you could, you could say, yeah, it it it, it hasn't stood the test of time. But that's, yeah, that's unfair. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I I can't think. Of, I can't think of any reason. I can't think of any way he could have made it better. To be honest. So I'm going to give it five stars. There you go, no budget audience. We really enjoyed this film and would highly recommend that you check it out. It's called The Mushroom Club. Uh, let us know what you think. Leave a comment, or you can always reach us on our social media channels at the at the uh, No Budget Show. <laughs> trying to remember us at No Budget Show on Instagram, X, or Facebook. See? And uh, with that, we'll say see you next time and goodbye. Bye.